Good morning, good morning. It's Saturday, June 13th, 2015. And I got, every so often, I think you guys hit that button that says uh, your podcast audience wants more. So I get it often, but I decided that I'm going to do a podcast at your request. Um, and I decided to answer 10 questions from my Ask FN. And I'm going to continue to do that because uh, I can answer it a little bit longer. I can talk through it. And sometimes I get a lot of the same questions or the questions are kind of in the same vein. Uh, So that's what I'm hoping to do. Um, Thank you guys all so much for sharing my podcast. Every week I get a report and like, I remember back in the day when I first started this, I would have like four listens a week or 20 listens a week. And now I'm up to almost 70,000 downloads a week. So um, I know that that's only happening because you guys are sharing. And so um, I do these for free. I don't get paid. I don't take on advertising. So I just really want for them to just like share, spread whatever questions you have. This is my own sort of act of service. I um, tweeted something yesterday that said, I think that the purpose of life is to discover or find your gifts and then give them away. And so Um, I don't know. My dad has always felt that I was like ahead of my time or a bit of a visionary. And so I guess I see, I offer a different perspective. And so these answers are just my opinion. They're definitely not law, but, um, I'm going to share my perspective. So here we go. Uh, 10 good questions. So the top, the first one is my leak. I've been on a job for over 16 years as a supervisor, Recently, I was given three options to either step down to an associate with a pay cut, apply at another location, or take a severance severance package, which is a check for $1,318. How disgusting. What would my leak do? Um, It's funny that you ask what I would do versus what you should do. What I would do is that I probably wouldn't stay anywhere at, for 16 years because that's just who I am. Um, I think that over the course of your career, back in the day, like back in our parents' age, that was a time when you kind of got a job and you stayed there and you died there. Um, I remember I was on this flight, on this plane from Austin, Texas, and I think I sat with this guy that worked uh, for Dell Computers. Is it Dell? One of the, I think it, is, it was Dell. And so he had told me that he was like 40 something and he was a good looking guy, married, family, kids, all that. And, um, had worked at Dell for, let's just say 16 years or something like that. And so I was like, so what are you like, what do you, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? And he was like, so are you asking me, am I going to die here? And I was like, kinda like, is that what you want to do? And even he understood that like, sometimes it's easy to get wrapped up in the comfort of, um, of where we are, but like, if you want to set some goals and keep seeking, you know, I think that as a professional, uh, our professional paths don't really shoot straight up to the top. Sometimes I always say it's like a jungle gym. Like some, some jobs you go across because you just need, you know, it's not going to be more pay or a higher title or whatever, but you want to get this experience under your belt or you want to work with a certain person or for a certain person. So I have sort of chose, my career path was like that. I never went after money and I always went after um, wanting to work for a particular person. So 
you know, a job that I took my first full-time job out of college, the woman that I worked for, um, made me who I am today. It's like, I had never seen someone with this intense work ethic and her, her skills across the board were insane. And she was a person who was willing to invest in me personally. So she, I didn't get paid much, but she took me and, you know, showed me uh, a dermatologist that helped clear my skin up because I had really bad acne. She taught me how to order at restaurants in Beverly Hills because I had no idea. And I definitely was not trying sushi at the time. Like, are you kidding me? Um, there were a lot of things that she exposed me to. So it was never about money for me at all. And what I felt like I wanted to get or learn from the employer or the manager or something like that. So I wouldn't have stayed 16 years. Supervisor doesn't really mean anything. Like titles are just BS. I hope you know that like they don't mean anything. I own my company. I'm the quote unquote CEO, but I'm also like the punching bag, the like uh, the janitor, the like sometimes I feel like the trash person. So don't get wrapped up in like what that what those titles are. Um, because if you went and took a job as an assistant for Oprah today, I bet you like you would learn a ton uh, more than you would as a supervisor at another company. So don't look at the title. Um, but, uh, what you should do, because this is not about me is you need to move on. You know, it's like, they pretty much are telling you that they're not fooling with you like that. And they are trying to be nice and give you options, but all the options are saying leave. So I don't stay anywhere that I'm not wanted. So, I would take my $1,300 and bounce and um, not look back. Second question. I tend to retreat and lose confidence when I am feeling intimidated or my ideas are being challenged, especially in meetings with executives. What advice would you give someone who struggles with that? Um, I tend to feel like uh, a lack of confidence and being intimidated comes from your like lack of knowledge um when you really feel like you know what the hell you're talking about it's going to be hard for somebody to shoot you down when you're like I don't really care this is what I know you know and so it's like I have had a time when I was on a conference call so I'm pretty sure you guys know by now I've worked with some really large retailers some, you know, the largest retail ta retailer in the world. And when you're dealing with these really large corporations, um, you're going to do conference calls with sometimes up to 10 people. And I used to feel like, uh, and this was my own, you know, insecurities because I felt like these people were better than me and smarter than me because they worked at like some of the biggest companies in the world and they had these educations and backgrounds that I didn't have. But guess, but, but I'm here too. I'm on the call. So if you're in the room, people, you're there for a reason. So you just have to get secure about the fact that you being in the room means that you're supposed to be there and knowing that you're supposed to be there, share your ideas. Don't be afraid of your ideas being challenged because you need them challenged. I want my ideas challenged because if they are, can be challenged and they can't be tested, like they can't, they're bulletproof, then you win. But I'd rather have my ideas challenged in the boardroom than challenged by customers or challenged by something that's going to eventually get me booted or have an effect on my life. So welcome criticism, be open to being challenged, but the intimidation, you've got to stop and the confidence, uh, be confident, 
go in, you know, go into your meetings with your ideas. They're not like set in stone. They're just ideas. And you're like, hey, I want to put this idea out there. And one of my best friends, Ken, who owns Beautiful, I talk about him often. I used to present him with uh, ideas when I used to work uh, with him or for him. And he would shoot them down. And he would say, my leak, you don't have any bad ideas. They're just ideas that aren't like aligned with my strategy. The ideas aren't bad. They just don't fit, you know? So it's like these ideas that you have may be better for another company, maybe better for another day, maybe better for another year. So don't think that there's something wrong with them or you because they're being challenged or they're not being welcomed or accepted. Um, that's something that you can work on. Alrighty, question number three, my leak. How do I find what I really want to do for a living? I know I want to do more than a nine to five job, but all my hobbies, interests I've tried to do more with have turned out not being what I really want to do. I don't know what drives me. Um, I get this question a lot, and we've even talked about this in the office this week, and I think that sometimes we get so consumed for looking for our passion so far like you know well what is this this big thing and it could just be something as simple as the unique way that you wash dishes there's maybe there's a, a business or an opportunity opportunity in that maybe it's the unique way that you make cookies or donuts you know like what is this grown-up business somebody came up with that and so i think sometimes uh <clears throat> the things are very very simple the businesses are very very simple um i love hair products, body products, beauty products. I've had my whole life. I've worked at every single counter, makeup counter, Mac, Lancome, Clinique. Um, I've done, I've done it all. Um, and so I think over the years I've kind of, I was able to package my passion, um, into a business. And so think about the things that you really, really like, you know, and, and they don't have to be big. They don't have to be awesome to you or to others, but, um, there's something about you that's unique that you do or that you do differently that could translate into a business. You know, maybe you're a really great organizer. Like there's a, um, there's a lady named the Clutterologist. She's moved to Florida, but that her website is clutterologist.com. And I don't remember how I found her, uh, but she was here in Atlanta and I hired her. She was doing like a new year special and for 99 bucks, she comes to your house and, uh, you know, that hundred dollars was like the best hundred bucks that I spent because she came in and totally reorganized my kitchen. And it was like in a way that I would have never figured it out. Like she pulled everything out the pantry. She moved everything. She went in, she had these little baskets. So she put all my rice, all my pasta, like, you know, those little bags, you got a half a bag of pasta here, half a bag of rice. So she bought like this little container. So she put all the little things in there. You know, she reorganized my whole kitchen and then she just moved things around in my house, like show me like ideas and ways to get rid of mail and paper. And that's her business. That's her career. And she was just super sweet. Like I was so busy at the time, but I just really enjoyed talking to her. So she has this dope personality, this dope business. And it seems so simple, like somebody who will come and show you to ha how to have a more effective kitchen organization. But it was priceless. Like I would have probably paid double or triple for it. So, you know, it's not that big of a thing. So think about some of the, some of the small things that maybe you can do, uh, Alrighty, question number four. Hi, my leak. Hello. During your previous jobs, did you ever find yourself dreading work the next day? 
I currently have a job that's ideal for my career growth, but for every new job I get without fail, I start to hate the thought of going back each day. How do I cope until I find better? Oh my God, my refrigerator is like in the background making ice. I guess it's so annoying. I'm sorry. Um, so I, you have a job that's ideal for your career growth. Um, but you are, you don't like going there. Uh, do you like the career that you've chosen? Because when you get to this mysterious or the top place of your job, of your career, if you don't like going in, then maybe it's not the right career for you because that kind of stuff, uh, probably won't change. Um, so maybe it's a time to think about how you want to do your career. Is it something that you can do as a consultant, um, independent? Um, maybe like if you like if you're doing PR, because that's what I know, because that's what I did. There are several ways that you can look at it. You can go in-house and be the PR rep for a big company. So say like DKNY or Macy's, you would be working on that PR team or you can go to an agency and an agency is a little bit different um, because it's not just one single uh, company. It's various uh, clients. So you would work on various initiatives. So maybe, you know, maybe you're not a solid company person. Maybe you're more agency. And so I think that those are the kinds of things that you have to think about. Um, I don't, how you cope is um, you just kind of deal with it. That's life is like ups and downs and careers are up and down and you're not always going to love what you're doing. Sometimes you just got to suck it up. Um, but as long as you are looking to find better, um, just going in every day, knowing that this is not it for you. You know, you ever go to work and you see some people and you know, like this is it for them. You know, I've gone to some jobs and I'm like, I know this is not it for me. So while I may not love it here, this is not the end for me. So I'm not really going to be too worried. So Suck it up. Keep looking. Uh, keep going out, meeting different people in your field to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Alrighty. Question number five. Hey, my league. I am African American on a new job uh, that's mostly white, and I got my hair in Marley Twist last week, and I've got a lot of comments, questions and sidebar combos about my hair. I'm tempted to hand out business cards to the braid shop just because I know they are being messy. Help me, I'm annoyed. Um, you know, I've had a couple of work situations where I was the only black girl and I would get the questions about my hair. And I just, you know, there's just a way that you can kind of shrug those things off or, you know, not feel obligated to entertain that stuff. Like, you know, and there's a way to nicely do it. It's like, I've learned over the years that people don't really, when it comes to us as women of color at times, don't understand or don't know if they're, don't know about boundaries, uh, don't know if there are any boundaries. Um, and so it's up to you to just set the boundaries and set the comfort like of what you want to do. So thank you as always the best way to do it, you know, Hey, your hair is different. Thanks. Yeah. You know, if that's it, like, so what is that? You know, I just got a new hairstyle. You know, you don't have to get into like, you don't have to explain anything about your hair or what you're doing, um, to anybody. And so thank you so much. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I got a different hairstyle. Yeah. I changed my hair a lot. Yeah. The end, you know, it's like, whatever. If people 
have time to focus on your hair, they're not focusing on, on their work and that's a problem, you know? And so I really, you know, I'd love to be able to talk more about my hair, but I'm actually going to head back to my desk because I've got a report that I'm working on, you know, play it, play it cool. You don't have to, uh, I wouldn't worry about that. Don't, don't trip. Number six, my leak. How do you deal with losing all of your childhood friends and feeling completely lonely? It gets lonely at the top when no one wants to deal with you anymore. Um, that's always tricky because people who say it gets lonely at the top, I'm just kind of like, well, it's not that lonely if you work on some relationships or maintain relationships or meet other people at the top or get off your island. Like, I think you have to focus on doing that. Um, childhood friends, like, you know, I have some, I don't have all of them. Uh, everybody grows differently at different times, but you know, loneliness I've said this one time my dad asked me if I if I get lonely because I met up with him in a city and he was with his girlfriend and I was by myself and I've met up with him a bunch of times by myself and he's just always like are you do you ever get lonely and I was like yeah you know but this is the life I chose like I've chosen the kind of life that requires a lot of business travel and sometimes I need to just jet out for like a day or two and I really don't even need anybody with me and it's kind of pointless. And so I'll get out here. I'm not afraid to get out in this world and get what I need to get done by myself. And sometimes it gets lonely, but you know, I'll talk to my friends. I'll call them. I just talked to my girlfriend this morning who's hopping on a plane. She works for TNT and it's what NBA final. So she's going from uh, the Bay to Cleveland, back and forth, back and forth until it's over. And so we keep up with each other. I got a friend who was here, moved out to LA. I keep up with my friends, but sometimes it's just me. Um, and it's okay. So keep up with your friends. If you don't want to be lonely, it's not lonely at the top. Um, I don't know what number this is, but you get it. <laughs> I think seven. I'm starting up a side business as a project consultant this summer but I don't have a physical office and cannot afford one yet. I would like to start networking sooner rather than later. Is it unprofessional to create biz a business card without having a brick and mortar address listed on it? So few people have brick and mortar addresses these days. Like we are living in a digital age. Um, I have a brick and mortar address and I do not ever put my brick and mortar address on my business cards because it's not necessary. Like if you need to come visit me in my office, you will be able to do so by sending an email. I don't even have the phone number on there because if you, you know, you got to just manage some of this stuff. So you don't have to have the phone number. You don't have to have the brick and mortar. I only have my name, my company, my name, my title, and my email. That's how I get down. So not perfect. And I think I'm pretty professional. Next question. What are your thoughts on starting a business with friends? A girlfriend of mine is starting a new consultant business and would like to bring me on board as one of her consultants. Sound like a great opportunity, but I don't want our relationship to suffer thoughts. Uh, this one is tough because I think like I worked with like my very best friend on his business and it was awesome. Like we worked together, but we had different strengths. We weren't doing the same thing. And I understood that it was his company, not mine. Um, and it was all good until I started another company, you know, for myself. And so we worked together, we worked on his brand and it was awesome. And working on his brand helped me come up with an idea for another brand. But I would say, I think it's cool to work with friends, but I don't know that I would start a business with a friend because starting a business, when I worked with my friend who owned his company, I had a clear understanding that this is his company and 
whatever he wants to happen is what's going to happen. I didn't, you know, you don't go back and forth when you have a business partner, you've got to kind of go back and forth and agree on ideas. But working with a friend, I knew that his, his answer was the final answer. So there's no argument. So as long as you understand that, uh, and it sounds like, uh, your girlfriend is starting the business. So she's going to kind of be in charge of what's happening. So as long as you're fine with that, uh, that's that. Those are my thoughts. Next question. No one really prepares you for the psychological aspect of starting a business. Uh, and I don't know if it's up to people to do that. Um, it can get so lonely when you're putting your all into something that your friends can't relate to. Did you go through this? Any tips? Um, you know, I have long been one of those sort of like deep divers when it comes to business. And what I mean by deep dive is like when I get into something or when I get focused on something, I am like super focused. Like my friends always crack up like, Jesus, like I always go, I think it's time for me to get more focused. Like, is it possible for you to get any more focused? Um, and when I'm really focused, uh, which is kind of the mode that I'm in now, um, no, I don't really go out that much. Like I don't really go out to like clubs and bars and parties and stuff purely because it is not my thing. I did when I was younger in my twenties, I would tear the club up. Um, but now, uh, I'm usually tired or I just have different interests. Uh, but I think my friends respect me and understand me, uh, understand the kind of person I am and, whether they, whether or not they can relate to what I'm doing, they respect what I'm doing. And so I think that, you know, having some cool friends, they get it. And the people that don't, you know, you just, it's, they just kind of fall off. And I think that like, that's what life I'm learning that life is like, you kind of go through these different friend cycles. And I've had, I has, I've, I have a couple friends that have been with me from the beginning to end. I got some friends that were, you know, for the first part of my life. And I got some new friends that I'm meeting this go around and like meeting new friends is so cool. Like, one of the guy, the guy that does all of our, um, does all of our video stuff. I met him two and a half years ago when we were just trying to find a person that can help us do some of our like digital online, just Curlbox TV stuff we wanted to do. And I told him that like, you know, I'm the kind of person that once I meet you and work with you, I likely won't go out and look for somebody better as long as we get along. But since I started working with him and then I've met his wife, she worked on the first shoot and then they got pregnant and then they have a baby and they, the baby's turning one this July. And so they've become friends of mine. We still work together and they've become friends of mine just on this journey. And so the friends kind of change and they look different than any of my friends. You know, it's a, it's, he's Cuban, she's Korean and uh, Chloe's Cuban Korean. And they, I go to their house, they make Cuban food. Like, it's just cool. So you meet just different people and the friends change and start to look different and couple friends or non-couple friends, you know, your friends with kids, whatever neighbors, you know, I'm cool with my neighbors here. I'm moving soon. I'm sure I'll make different neighbors, people at the gym, just your friend circles change and change. Uh, second to last question, which I'm guessing is probably number nine, uh, but I may have added some extra ones on here. Uh, due to an array of different obstacles from financial to family situations, I was unable to finish my college degree. However, I work at a prestigious fashion publication in an entry-level position. This is my dream, dream job but I worry that I should continue or finish school. Any advice, feedback? Um, what are you worried for? Stop worrying for starters. Uh, 
what do they say? A worry is a down payment on a problem that may never happen or something. You know the saying. But, like, you don't have anything to be worried about. Um, even with your degree, you probably still would have been in an entry-level position there. And so um, if you're if – de- if missing some parts of the degree will keep you – like, if it's – I don't know what – direction you want to go in at this publication but I don't know that you have to finish school to grow there you gotta hustle and work your butt off and continue to educate yourself in the in the field you know and so you do that by uh relationships so if you have an entry-level position and you can meet all these people I would take time I would meet with people in my office I would try to grab drinks after work with people in my office I would try to get out and meet like designers and different stylists and other assistants at other fashion publications. Your network is how you're going to, um, is how you're going to blow up in this. And if there's something that you're missing, like writing, you know, I don't know because I'm not a writer and I don't know what kind of position you have there, what kind of editor type deal. Um, but ask, you know, like ask somebody, Hey, go to HR or, ask another person. Um, there's gotta be somebody there that doesn't have their degree or maybe there isn't. And so, uh, ask around. Alrighty. My last question. I've been at my job for a long time and the disrespect is really starting to get to me. I feel like it's too late to speak up for myself because I've never complained and I might lose my job. Any advice? Um, you know, this is just a, this is about dignity and it's never too late for you to speak up for yourself. Um, and a fear of losing your job, I understand it's a real fear. Like, that should never stop you from uh, insisting that people respect you. If people can't respect you at your job, you don't need to be there. You know, it's like, if you can't, if it's like, that's the least of your worries, you know? And so it's like, I, I hope that you stand up for yourself and you say something. Um, and being a person that never complains is not good all the time because, you know, it's especially if people are walking all over you and there's a way to just stop people. You know, you have to stop people from disrespecting you and you, you have to do it quickly, really quickly um, and nip it in the bud because people will stop. You know, people will try you and you just kind of stop them and let them know what you're up for and what you're not. I've done it before. Like I've had some situations where, you know, I'm young or in, in this business, uh, I'm definitely young not even just young in age, but just young in the game. And so some, every so often you run up against some, some veterans, um, some seasoned professionals who feel like they need to put you in your place or whatever. And it's just like, I'm always like, listen, Linda, listen, I'm not here for it. You know, it's like, I'm not here for people disrespecting me because I haven't disrespected you. Um, I understand you've been doing this for months and Sundays, but I'm doing it today, uh, and this is what, you know, this is what I need, or this is how I do it, or this is why you called me, so let's just, let's focus on that, and let's not get into, you know, the emotional part of this, and you just kind of, you say it like that, or sometimes I've even gone and said, you know what, this is like, this is becoming so difficult that it's affecting my work, and I really want to focus on doing good work, so how can we kind of like minimize some of the tension and drama so we can get this work done. Simple, easy. So good luck to you. Thank you all for the questions. Uh, MyTaught.com. You know what to do. Journals, mud, so on, so on. Um, hit me up on my website. Ask me anything. And I hope you guys have a good one. Bye.